Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talks special, The Haunting of Hill House After Show on a normal episode. If you follow us, you know that we review and discuss one horror movie in detail for this series of 10 episodes. We will be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Hill House. Your expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, that's me, I hold a PhD in spookology, and... Professor David Day, I am the foremost expert in scare no-nos. So, with no further ado, the Haunting of Hill House after show with Horror Movie Talk, that's us. Today we're going to be talking about episode five, The Bent Neck Lady. Oh man, this... Okay, so, I, I gotta be honest with you. The year before this came out, It Chapter 1 came out, and It Chapter 1 had a bent neck lady in it, and uh, and I get that one mixed up with this one, and I think, and, and that one is so lame looking and all CGI'd and mm-hmm. weird, right? and this one is so thoroughly fucking terrifying, <laughs> and so every time, and so that makes this extra, super extra special scary, because every time I'm like, it's gonna be that stupid, oh my god! <laughs> anyway. Um, this episode, um, as the title suggests, um, we witness the origins of the bent neck lady and learn more about Nell leading up to her death. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a real Nell-heavy episode. This is the one where we learn, um, you know, all of Nell's origins. So, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, the things that may, kind of made her tick. And man, what a rough episode. Definitely one of the two best episodes in this series, I think. Yeah, five and six are astoundingly good. I say that, and then I watched, like, you know... uh Seven, eight, nine. See, but and I they're they're all fantastic. I mean, they're, they're great. great. Don't get me wrong; they're great. But you really, I really do think um, that. I mean, in particular, six is such a a triumph of oh yeah, ju- just of cinematography that uh, that it's impressive in and of itself. On top of being great storytelling right. and character building, but we're not talking about six. We're no. talking about five. Yes. So the bent neck lady. This episode definitely reminds me how good the show is at jump scares like it starts out every single jump scare i remember and it's still effective yeah the the difference the one thing that i can note though is that i listen to this episode and a couple of the next episodes on headphones and that is night and day experience because the sound is so important yeah that that makes a lot of sense uh i'll say uh you know i i actually watched uh, the seventh episode uh, on headphones, and yeah, I I can I can concur. It does make a big difference, right? All right, so let's jump into spoilers. 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 So. <clears throat> We start out with day one or night one, which we saw in the first episode, and we see it from Nell's perspective, looking at the bent neck lady at the foot of her bed. There, there's something about seeing like a little kid just acting her heart out, being terrified. Super yeah. effective. Yeah, I- and and then the the bent neck lady screams, and I I jumped like out of my seat. 
Yeah, the... Um, I wonder if it's more effective because we have kids. Yeah, there's definitely a part of that. There's this, like, ultra super empathy I have now for little kids where I'm just like, oh, sweetheart, sweetheart, oh, no, are you okay? Like, Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, I mean, that probably... Th- what that is actually indicative of is an increase in your empathy and mine mm. since having kids. There's a lot of people who just are very empathetic to begin with. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid watching kids in horror movies and just like, you moron, just just run away. <laughs> you know, right. just like, yeah. that's not how I would act. Right. That's dumb. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's real hard to be a guy because you don't feel a whole lot. You feel mostly just feel like... Uh, Horny and mad, mm-hmm. uh, mostly. That is surprisingly accurate. So, <clears throat> this episode... Ooh, David. Um, so, it, it transitions into um, her and the, you know, grown-up. And we see her seeking treatment for her sleep paralysis. Yeah. Yes. Because she has had these nightmares or these night terrors night terrors yeah um waking up and seeing the bent neck lady and it sounds like a lot of the cranes are pretty rational people so they try to rationalize right. a lot of the haunting stuff away including Nell. and she finally seeks treatment at a sleep clinic and the um sleep tech named Arthur comes on to her uh, or more, she comes on to him. They both mutually ah, come on to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, it was a mutual thing. And later, they come on to each other. Um, <laughs> so, they... Um, it goes through this whole explanation of sleep paralysis, and it's a great... It's just such a great concept to put in to a haunting show. I, I'm, it's, it's, like, amazing that it hasn't been done before. I'm, this is what I was going to say. I mean, it has, number one. I mean, you remember the exorcism of Emily Rose, right? Yeah, I guess I guess it was in that. It, it touches on that, and uh, and actually, they make a really strong argument for this being a night terror, or sleep paralysis, because it's the exact same symptoms. Mm-hmm. But but generally speaking, you're right. This is so rife for horror uh, genre that I'm surprised we don't see it a whole lot more. Because I mean, you he- this is like sleep paralysis is one of these things that can can be used to explain i mean such a wide variety right. of phenomenon from from like alien abductions and and like all of that kind of like that whole array yeah. that whole side alien like shit. succubi and incubi and- yeah you got you got ghosts and then you also have just you know people who know what's happening and and are nevertheless haunted by these monsters that sit on their chest and don't let them move and have you ever experienced sleep paralysis no but uh Let's knock on some wood there. <clears throat> I have once. Really? Yeah. Go on. And it was it was on my mission for my church. And luckily I had already read about sleep paralysis and I knew sure. what yeah, yeah. that was. You're in the know. And so as it was happening, it's terrifying. It's like legitimately frightening mm-hmm. because you can't move and you get real panicky. Like, and there's a real sense of dread and, like, darkness yeah. around you. Like, there's a dark presence. Wow, that sounds like Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you get up and you're fine. Oh, okay. But I can imagine how 
impactful that experience would be, especially for like a little kid. Like, oh my god, are you kidding me? It'd be traumatizing. Yeah, it'd be it'd, it'd be world shattering. <laughs> I mean, I mean that kind of stuff can really fuck you up very badly. So, yeah. and uh, and it clearly affects Nell very very much. I mean, it, it brings her it brings her to tears every time. Right. Um, after Arthur and Nell meet, it transitions very suddenly into a rom com. Like it's very like the tone shifts, like. Really I can't thoroughly. see me loving nobody <laughs> but you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh well great. Now we're gonna have to pay royalties, David. Uh, um, and then she he proposes to her, um, and then she becomes Eleanor Vance from Vance for Refrigeration. <laughs> Ow! Those <laughs> <laughs> oh. stitches. Uh, oh, my balls. Um, I had a vasectomy for, uh, for everyone listening, mm-hmm. and it hurts to laugh. Yeah. As, well, we'll have to save a lot of this for the afterpod, but you must be a roiling ball of rage. Not going to lie, I went against doctor's orders. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went ahead and released the demons. Okay, well... There was no other way. It was me or the rest of the world. <laughs> Congratulations on your third child. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, so it transitions into a rom-com with her and Arthur. Yeah, and it's really romantic. Lots of, like, you know, um, montages of them having yes. real fun times yeah. and wait, loving each other. Wait a minute. Ew, no, David. Don't do that. What? Uh, hey. Oh my god, ew, David. Ew. Um, sorry if you're new to horror movie talk, but this is... That's how we do this things. This goes with the territory. That's how we do things around here. It's a thing. And we know that you don't like it. Ew! But if you didn't want me to do it, you wouldn't have brought White Claw. <laughs> ew, David. Okay. Um, okay. And then has a really great scene with Arthur helping Nell through a sleep paralysis oh, episode. Yeah. yeah, each time he does this, it's like, oh, marry me, guy. I know. Yeah, like sploosh, dude. Th- I mean, well, the thing about the thing about how he helps her through it is there's no. I mean, it's first of all, it's, it's not. It's not like real life at all. Because there's no inkling of irritation in him, <laughs> in him at all. There's nothing that's like, you dumb bitch. How dare you wake me up at night? Like, no. See, they're they're either at that point they're either dating or engaged or newlyweds. So that would be like, oh honey, oh oh no, oh yeah, okay, oh. all right. That's and true. like after year one and a half, you're like, got roll over. Yeah, talk to me after. 10 Roll years over. and you can feel your guts because your vasectomies <laughs> hurts you and it's like, ah, fuck you, you dumb bitch. <laughs> it's like, you see what you did to me? Um, yeah. I mean, it's like a real... It, this episode really sums up what's great about The Haunting of Hill House because it, it covers a lot of bases in terms of like human experience and like the paranormal and the rational and the interpersonal and it's such a great intimate moment like real like we talked about on the the bly manor episode how intimate the little pinky grazes were Mm. like this is 
what true intimacy looks like of a caring partner helping someone through an experience that they know they can help them through, you know, yeah. of their professional experience or just, yeah. I mean, just like just feeling bad for somebody having to go through something that is so obviously terrifying to them. Right. And so we see him like fully lead her through one of these episodes and then immediately she starts making out with him. I mean, I think he knows what's up in terms of getting someone through sleep paralysis. This might not be his first mm. time at the rodeo. Yeah. Oh, you think? I don't know. Man, maybe he found the ultimate angle. You know, he's like, oh, shit. I can save you from the demons, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now say hello to Satan. <laughs> Make a fist. Here, I'll give you something to hold on to. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <laughs> they call this uh, the jammy back at home. Oh, man. So we're shown that, and then they get married, and then there's another episode where she starts getting sleep paralysis. And all of these, like, I think she, I think the first one, she doesn't see the bent neck lady explicitly. I'm, I don't think so. But in the second, the, okay, hang on. like when he leads her through it. I'm pretty sure the bit neck yeah, lady no. isn't actually there. Uh, there's an it's. I can't recall. I can't recall exactly because there's so many instances of her showing up in this episode. Yeah. <clears throat> so, regardless, irregardless, the uh, okay. <laughs> the second time the bent neck bent neck lady is over there. Yeah. You know, looming, and Arthur gets up to go get some water or something and then all of a sudden his his neck bends whoa his bent neck arthur and then he falls to his death yeah just like super sudden and it's like oh well that's not they're not gonna really kill him right you go you immediately your mind goes to <laughs> okay well he like fell down passed out or something like that right but no he's, no he's uh, actually yeah, he died full-on died and then there's an explanation that he had an aneurysm. He had an aneurysm, which is also, you know, just as likely as getting attacked by a ghost. Man, if you're gonna if you're gonna go, that's the way to go, man. You know, like uh, you go ahead and have yourself an aneurysm, and there is no more. There's nothing going on. It's just you're there, and then you're not. You know. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that'd be like my ideal way to go. Just aneurysm and dead, or you're walking along and like a piano falls on you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, sure, the piano. I think, you know, I don't know. I think there's something kind of romantic about drowning. <laughs> Serious. Everybody laughs at me when I say that. Romantic? Yeah, like, uh, you know, World War II romantic. You know, like, you know, like, you think, you don't think war is romantic, but if you were to think of a romantic war, mm -hmm. World War II is the last romantic war, right? Because after that, it got got fucking wacky yeah um but uh but yeah i don't know there's something kind of like i don't know something about drowning that yeah um not feeling it huh? sounds terrifying sounds like an awful way to go i mean i guess it's not the worst way to die my grandmother inhaled some water in a pool um and was brought back she mm. was resuscitated and uh did she see god yes something happened but she said um but aside from all that interesting stuff, um, yeah, she said uh, there was panic upon inhalation, and then there was like 
this ultimate peace. Yeah. And I know what that peace is because I've I've fallen into very very cold water before, right? And uh, and gone almost immediately hypothermic, and then just like felt this total wave of like acceptance, like just total like right. Uh, and it was so nice. It was the nicest feeling ever. It was like everything's gonna be okay. And I, that's right. You told the me about tiniest this. Tiniest little voice in the back of my head was like, "You motherfucker, you gotta kick your legs. You gotta get back on shore." And I was just like, "I don't know why." This is nice, though. This is totally fine. And uh, and so that little guy in the back of my head was like, "You gotta get back on shore." And I like. It was the weaneriest little kicks. Like it was like, <laughs> but uh, but it wasn't a very deep river, uh-huh. um, and so I yeah I I, did, I made it back on shore and warmed up and yeah. See that would panicked. be a, that would be a pretty good death, freezing to death. Like that's you go numb and then you go numb and then you're dead. Yeah, like uh. Burning to death would probably be the worst. Oh yeah, no, I don't want anything to do with that. That sounds th- absolutely yeah. the worst. Yeah, but aneurysm, I'd say top top shelf. I'll take right. that. Right. Not again. Knock on wood here. Anyways, so Arthur dies, and obviously that's pretty terrifying to Nell. Um, yeah, because she's still in the middle of an episode. Right, and yeah. it takes her a minute to recover and then yeah. jump to a side. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, the stuff happening in the past, um, there's not a lot going on with little Nell, um, other than she finds the tea set in her, in her special room, which ends up being the red room, if you're keeping track. I figure out these next episodes, I realize like what the, the key is. It's the window. If you see the long, thin window in the room, that's the red room. The long, thin window. Really? Mm-hmm. And the shape of the door. The shape of the door they go in is oh. the red room door, but it's not red when oh. they go into it. Right, because you're on the other side. Well, that and even when they go in, it's not red. Like, oh. from the outside, it's just trickery. Um, and slowly we that gets revealed, and this is a spoiler section, so fuck you. Um, so she finds this tea set and takes it to Mrs. Dudley, who explains who the tea set probably belonged to, and that um, one of the cups had stars on it, and it's like, oh, it's her cup of stars. Yeah. This is a thing. Is this the episode where she writes her, where where she gets blamed for writing her name on the wall? Yes. Yes, that was the very next point, which oh, okay. was the, um, her mom is tearing off wallpaper. This is the one of the most, like, out of all the things in the show, this is the one thing that stands out to me as, like, pulls me away. I'm like, wait a minute. How could you be mad about this? It's writing on the wall on the plaster underneath the wallpaper. Right. So we're tearing the wallpaper off. She's written her name on the wall uh, where the wallpaper no longer is. Right. Where presumably we're going to be... Or it's just like retreating the wall. In it's some like fashion. a paste residue, right? And like wallpaper chunks. And it says something like Nell was here or something. Like it. it says Nell. Yeah. And her mom's like, I'm sick and tired of telling you not to draw on the walls. It's like, bitch, you're gonna paint over it. This is the one instance where it's okay. But yeah. on the other hand, like I kind of get it. Like, yeah, you gotta like you gotta present like an iron wall. 
you know, the iron, yeah. the iron curtain against kids. It's like, no, this is not okay under any circumstances. And if I give an inch, you're going to take a mile, blah. You know. Yeah. Plus, it's it's uh, setting up that that Liv Crane is starting to go insane, anyways. Yes. So I mean, That's she's acting true. unreasonable, and she's got these con- constant migraines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Theo steps in, and as usual, she's like the voice of reason, and and um, tells her mom to back off. Which is a bold move. Real conceited bitch, this this Theo girl. Like, she's she's really always like, excuse me, how dare you talk to this? I know I'm a child, and you are talking to a child, but how dare you? And it's like, you got a lot of balls. Like, wow. But on the other hand, she's always right. Yeah, she's right. You know? It's just... Uh, it's just I don't think she's conceited. I don't think she's a bitch. Well, I think she's a strong young lady. Okay. Um... Well, I mean, what about later in life? Does Theo turn into a bitch? Would you call that a bitch? No. She's Mm. a strong, Ah. independent woman. I see where you're going. You're doing a thing where you're not telling the truth. I'm I'm telling the truth. I can see it it with your eyes. I think Theo is one of the most interesting characters in the show. Substitute the word interesting for incredibly hot, and yes, (laughs) you have Bryce's real thoughts. (laughs) I got you pegged, I I didn't even notice that. (laughs) All I see is a person. But seriously, A very interesting person. Seriously, grown-up Theo is... Stunning. Yeah, I don't think we've fawned over her yet. Yeah, she is. She's, she's uh, Mike Flanagan's wife. For real? Yeah, that's Mike Flanagan's oh, wife. Oh man, what a lucky guy! Yeah, no wonder he can write all this beautifully poetic, amazing stories and all this stuff. He's got a muse for a while. Imagine if I do too, though. So. If <laughs> I wonder how that goes down. It's like, honey. I got the perfect part for you. Oh, well, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. What you're going to do is have hot, steamy lesbian sex. And. Okay, okay wait. M- Mike, me? I'm going to have. I'm a lesbian in the, a character in a show you're writing? Yes. I could really see you making out with another woman. Well, and I would like to be there directing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see how this might look to me, though, right, Mike? As a wonderful opportunity in uh, a breakout role? I'm not going to lie to you. This feels like you're twisting my arm to get me to... I, I, th- I, just, feel, I just feel like you might be taking advantage of your station. We're going to take it pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> not all of it is going to make it to the final cut. Oh, but oh, well, I mean, you know, you I just to, want to prepare you for it. You have to do what you have to do to get the scene, I suppose. But anyways, so Theo, she's got her magic powers where she touches the wall and realizes that that Nell is not the one that wrote it. But it was I don't think she knows who wrote it, just that it wasn't Nell. Yeah. Um, And then it it cuts to um, Nell taking luke to the rehab facility Ugh, this is rough and all through this like every every turn basically is this is a point at when at which the bentneck lady comes to the fore and yeah. just like either drops down from <laughs> from a chandelier and like, Blah! Boo! <laughs> or 
is just like she's awoken by her. Um, this is one of those as she's taking Luke to the rehab facility. You know, she sees the bent neck lady again. Um, this we see Luke as like the full on full throttle junkie. Yeah. And it is full throttle. It is a real big change. It's it's impressive, like how different of a character he is or how convincing it is. Um, as the yeah, between this episode and the next two episodes, it's stark. Yeah, because Luke, we've and seen him before way, in rehab, and we've seen him like in situations where it seems like oh, he's acting kind of like a an addict, but we haven't seen him like right way thoroughly into his addiction where he's rationalizing and using people. Yeah, you can really see it because I mean, Nell is Nell's just a sweetie, you know. She's she's kind of this this sweetheart who kind of gets played back and forth between all of the other um, stronger personalities right. uh, of her siblings. And she's the youngest. She's the youngest. It's just a wide variety of of situational things that end up in kind of in, to Nell, leaving Nell at a little bit of a disadvantage or at least being taken advantage of in some way. And um, when she is in the car with Luke driving him to rehab and he's like, Hey, you, you gotta take me over here. You gotta take me to go see this guy. And he's gonna, you know, I can't, I owe this guy money. So, you know, maybe you just go get the heroin from him. And she's like, what? And he's like, please, 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 please. And she's just like, okay, I guess I will. Yep. Okay. So, so she, you know, uh, it's it's just a weird thing for for her to kind of be kind of constantly manipulated by all these kind of stronger personalities. Yeah, um, and she slowly descends into like desperation, especially yeah. after Arthur yeah. dies. He, we see her that she's on some kind of medication, and then she goes off it pretty, um, pretty obviously. She's got. Um, bipolar disorder, I think, Something is explicitly said. But yeah, I mean, she's. They mention a manic episode at least, and she shows up to Stevens' book signing. Is that is that in this episode, or am I skipping ahead? Um, yeah, no, yeah, I believe I believe that's in this episode. Let me. I'll read ahead, but continue as though it is. Um. So he. She appears to um, yeah, that's this episode. Stephen at a book signing basically basically calls him out for you know profiting off of other people's misery and telling it you know telling the story in a way that wasn't true you know and taking out all the parts where you know it was obvious to him that there were ghosts um, basically ruins his book signing and yeah. he chews her out. And a couple times, several times throughout the episode, we see her interacting with her therapist, and the therapist like, uh, "You doing okay?" I, I love, I love. Okay, so I've I've said this before, probably more in the Bly Manor episodes, but um, but I really like how it shows the 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 duality of of everyone, right? Because mm-hmm. because on the one hand, you have every, all of the all of these the, the family's impression uh impressions of Nell's new um psychiatrist or therapist or whatever he is and they're all like oh he's a total quack he's a he's just a he's just a lunatic right. he he's he's the worst and then you have these scenes with him with with between Nell and the therapist and he's like he's anything but a quack yeah. he's very based and he's like 
I, have you gone off your medication? Are you sure you haven't gone off your mm-hmm. medication? I don't think you should be doing these things that you're right. we're talking about. Because she's she bragging be, to him about about uh, crashing conf- this, yeah, this book signing. Her brother and, and he's like, that's mm, not, did that go how you thought it would? Or did that help? Seems like a bad thing, bad move to me. I mean. I'm like, well, it felt good. I'm like, mm, okay. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, therapy's an interesting space. It's like, sometimes <laughs> it's a safe space. But sometimes uh, you feel that, like, you are the crazy one, <laughs> you know? Wait, me? Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for a reason, because the therapist is, like, giving you the side eye. It's like, yeah, so that's interesting. Oh, fuck. I don't want it to be interesting. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. Anyways, um, so she kind of slowly descends into, I wouldn't say madness, but, like, desperation yeah 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 um there's a great fight with theo as they're adults um where theo's like trying to tell her to get a hold of herself and and nell says don't lecture me about adulthood from shirley's guest house yeah which is like that is a solid burn Burn. yeah I, i mean throughout this whole series one of the best parts is the familial relationships and how real it feels you know have you I don't know if you experienced this with your brother, but um, do you ever get to a point with either your parents or your siblings where you're just like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of dealing with the same shit from the same person to where you're just like, all right, whatever. It, it happens in adulthood too. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. My of a massive narcissist for a father so yes it's um, constant and and constantly the same right it never ends it's and it's not shit. even it's not even like legitimate it doesn't even have to be legitimate beefs it has it sometimes it's just i'm sick of you as a person because i know you too well and i know exactly the card you're gonna play yeah you're too easy um and that's family i love my family by the way um <laughs> Oh yeah, I do too. And then it looks goes back to um that that night where they leave um Hill House where Stephen is not Stephen, where uh, Hugh is scrambling to get the family to the hotel and it shows the kids after Hugh leaves kind of talking among themselves and talking about how Luke Luke, Abigail and Mommy were having tea and now I think and uh, I think Luke says that wasn't mommy. So we know, like, something weirds. We get a little glimpse of, like, what's what happened yeah. that night. But just a glimpse. And then <laughs> jumps forward to probably the most effective jump scare um, of any movie or show for me. Okay. Is this jump scare when... Nell goes to the vending machine. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I knew it was coming a mile away. I'm like, hey, this is that jump scare that was really scary. Here it comes. Here comes the jump scare. I know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen now. And then I nearly shit my pants when it happens still. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. he's really good at the misdirection thing. Right. It reminds me of that Friday the 13th Part 2 kill where it's like... <laughs> Where it's like the lead up is so grandiose uh-huh. <laughs> that it that it kind of uh, that it kind of 
it kind of undercuts itself and then and then the follow through is just so astonishing you're like yeah it's it's a real it's a real turnaround kind of yeah jump scare and then we see nell um as she goes to hill house and she's having you know hallucinations and seeing and and we get to catch a glimpse of like really hill house warping her mind yeah. into thinking things are there that are not yeah and uh, her mom appears and gives her this locket that's mentioned in the beginning of the episode it's like here dear wear this it's special for you and it and her, it keeps uh cutting between you know her putting on the locket and then realizing that she's holding a rope or putting a noose on herself yeah and then she she hangs herself and then the most gut-wrenching reveal of the whole series is that Nell was the bent like bent neck lady and we see her go through all the this montage of her appearing in front of herself and her progressively getting more horrified as the bent neck lady that of what is happening what she's witnessing which is herself terrifying herself throughout her entire life which is I, such a crazy yeah it's just it's, i want to i want to be angry at it a little bit like i want to <laughs> call it too edgy or something like that or like try hardy but i mean it really does work uh it works really well i mean and... i don't i don't want to think about it too hard because it i don't want to ruin it but just at the end of the episode it's such a gut punch and the as its own thing this episode stands apart from a lot of the other episodes in the series just because it's so which is saying something yeah so great yeah so so that's the bent neck lady um we'll move on to episode six the you googly um no wait that's seven Uh, six is um the two storms yeah the two storms um okay so thanks for listening if you like the after show or our regular podcast um go check our website horrormovietalk.com um there you'll find links to everything like social media or past episodes we post new episodes of the regular podcast every wednesday if you want to call and leave us a voicemail call 682-253-4468 um if you really want to support the show go to our patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk um um, all the things that you know to do to support podcasts you can do for us special thanks to dustin goble um our uh, resident artist who fucks hard uh you can find him at d goble zero zero on instagram that's at d g o e b e l zero zero um he takes commissions so check him out and uh um, he can make you some really cool shit. Yeah, also like he does for us. Big thanks to Maxwell Allen on Instagram for producing the intro music. We appreciate him a lot. Okay, bye bye. Till next time. Bye. We'll bye. see you for episode six. Bye. <laughs>